Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm always very glad that you listen in, that you tell your friends about it, and that you see this as something that can really help you in your daily life and make your life even better. Just some ways to learn how to live. And so today, I want to talk about this issue of trust because we're going into a new year. So we're done with, you know, Christmas, all of that. Now we're in this brand new year. So I want to ask you, do you trust yourself? Do you trust God? Do you trust your family? You know, I think we all kind of trust our pets, right? (laughs) Because they're so sweet. And so I want you to think about this. Do you trust me? This is what God is saying to you today. He's saying, I've given you a new year, and I'm in it with you. Do you trust me? So I love this Proverbs. It's um, chapter 3, verses 5 and 7, and it says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. And don't assume that you know it all. I mean, I think I can even stop the show right there. I think that's it. Like, what, what more do we need to really understand this? And so that's in Proverbs. Well, in Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19, this is what it tells us. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He said, and, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? This is saying God is is a man. Now, not, not man like we have here on earth, but he's good for his word. He doesn't play around. He doesn't cheat people. He doesn't try to connive. He doesn't try to talk you in or out of something that would be good for him and not for you. And so I want you to think about this. This is what, what really came to me when I wrote this show. Trust is a word I understand until I actually have to do it. Think about that. I understand the word trust. I understand people saying, trust me. But 
I understand the word until I actually have to trust. See, it doesn't feel like a heavy word until I actually have to carry it, right? My trust always needs to start and stop with God, not in me. I need to remember that I can't trust me like I can trust God. God is trustworthy, always. I am not. I trust in God as he is making me into a more trustworthy person. Think about that. That's his goal. And he knows it's going to take some time and some hardship. He knows that it's going to be difficult for me. And I might not want to do it. So it takes, listen to this, it ta- this is from Warren Buffett. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. So this is what we need to protect. And we need to treasure it. So that we really understand what trust means to people. That we don't blithely throw that word around. This is what Ernest Hemingway says. The best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. Wow. (laughs) I wish there was an easier way. And so we need to take some risks. Well, how about this one? This is from Ronald Reagan. He says, trust but verify. So what does he really say with that? He's saying you need to not be naive or lazy. So if we're going to trust someone, we need to do some due diligence. It doesn't mean we put them through the meat grinder, because you have to understand humans are always a risk. However, they are worth the risk. So we follow our Lord and give the gift of trust to mistake-making fallen people. That's you and me. Jesus trusted his disciples, even when they were not always trustworthy, because his faith was first and ultimately in God. He was not trusting always in humans. He was trusting in his Father. And God, who is always refining, developing, and forgiving his people. This is why we need to be willing to trust people. God never said that we're trustworthy, but we need to trust. It's a lesson that we need to learn that helps our heart, our mind, our soul, our body to be more Christ-like. So remember, faith is a noun, trust is a verb. Isn't that interesting? See, faith is a noun. It's a concept. But trust is a verb, which means I have to do something. So we have faith in God, walk in trust that he will direct our paths, and then we have faith in people. And we show them our faith in them by trusting them. Furthermore, we honor God by offering trust to his people by believing they will correct what may weaken our faith and trust in them. We give them time. Now, I've said this so many times on this show that humans need time. All mammals need time. They have to learn. So we want to make sure that we are letting people in our life, our children, co-workers, friends, family, whoever that is, husband, wife, that we're giving them time to be a trustworthy person, that we want to give them the opportunity to do that. And so let's look at this idea. This is faith versus trust, and this was uh, put together by Henry Morris, and I really like what he has to say. So he uses, again, the Proverbs that we talked about, 3-5, that trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. So many believers today often confuse having faith in God with trusting in God. 
And remember, faith is a noun. It's something you have to possess. It's a substance or evidence of things, both hoped for but maybe not seen. So faith in God is the confident belief that he is the sovereign creator of all things and that he can and will do what he claims. Trust, on the other hand, is a verb. So it's something that you do or act upon. Faith always comes first, but trust is never guaranteed. So it's a willful choice, a deliberate action, and it can only grow out of your faith. So think about this. Faith always comes first, and trust is never guaranteed. We have to take the risk. Humans are worth the risk. Think of how many people over the years have been saved in a house fire by firemen that run in to the house to save those people and pets and all the wonderful things they have. And they do it without knowing the people. So what if they're, what if they're running into a house of a drug lord, right? They're still going to do their job, regardless of who the people are. So there's a vast difference between faith and trust. And the story of Charles Blondin and Harry Col- um, Colcord provides this wonderful, great illustration. I love this story. Blondin was a foremost tightrope walker of his time, and he gained worldwide fame in 1859 as the first person to cross Niagara Falls. So Colcord was his friend and his manager. A cable made entirely of hemp. This is 1,300 feet long and two inches in diameter. Think about that. 1,300 feet long, two inches in diameter. And it was round, it was wound around an oak tree on the American side, while the other end was ferried across the Niagara River and secured in a Canadian rock to help limit the swaying of it. So Colcord had stabilizing guy ropes affixed at 20 feet intervals to anchors on both banks, except for 50 unreachable feet in the center, which sagged and swayed dangerously. So thanks to Colcord's savvy marketing, tens of thousands of spectators gathered for this spectacle. And gamblers took bets on whether Blondin would fall and die, and vendors hawked everything from lemonade to liquor. So shortly after 5 p.m. on June 30, 1859, Blondin started his slow walk from the American side. Once past the center section, he broke into a run. After a brief rest, he started back again, but this time toting a box camera on his back, balancing precariously near the middle. Blondin carefully set up the camera and snapped a picture of the crowd Then he repacked his burden and continued the rest of the way. The entire round trip took 23 minutes. Once safely on American soil, Blondin immediately announced a series of encore performances, each more daring than the last. So think about this guy. His trust is in the rope. He trusts it. He doesn't necessarily trust all himself, But he had to trust the rope more than anything, what he was standing on. Do you trust what you stand on? Because many of us sometimes have things to stand on that aren't really very, very safe. So what about standing on and putting all your hope and and trust in a person? 
and hoping that they're going to be who you want them to be. And continuing to crash and burn and still trying again. So we want to think about this. Where is your trust? Are you trusting in the right things? Now, I'll tell you the truth. I like some people that I don't trust. (laughs) I mean, I I like them. They're fun. They're fun to be with. They're entertaining. Okay. But I don't necessarily trust them. And so you can like a lot of people that you don't trust. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me on the next segment as we talk more about this idea of do you trust me? Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for tuning in and telling your friends about it. And make sure you go to the website, and also you can download the shows from the website as well. And I really, you know, encourage you to do that. So thank you also for sharing it with your friends. So we are talking today about this phenomenal concept called trust. We all have problems with it. We all want to. We want to trust. We get scared to trust. We find out that maybe we're not even trustworthy. And so we get mad at ourselves because we thought we could be more trustworthy. So there's a vast difference between faith and trust. And so we were talking earlier in the show about this this gentleman. His name is Charles Blondin. And this really gives us this great illustration because Blondin was the foremost tightrope walker of his time. He gained worldwide fame in in 1859 as the first person to cross Niagara Falls. Colcord was his friend and manager. So there was a cable made entirely of hemp, and it was 1,300 feet long and 2 inches in diameter. And it was wound around an oak tree on the American side, while the other end was ferried across the Niagara River and secured to a Canadian rock. And this was to limit the swaying. So Colcord had stabilizing guy ropes affixed at 20 feet intervals to to anchors on both banks, except for 50 unreachable feet in the center. And what was happening there, it sagged and it swayed dangerously. So thanks to, you know, Colcord's savvy marketing, tens of thousands of spectators gathered for this spectacle. And gamblers took bets on whether Blondin would fall and die. Benders hawked everything from lemonade to liquor, And so shortly before 5 p.m. on June 30th in 1859, Blondin started his slow walk from the American side. Once past the center section, he broke into a run. And after a brief rest, he started back again, but this time toting a box camera on his back. So now he's balancing precariously near the middle with this box camera, and Blondin carefully set up the camera and snapped a picture of the crowd. Then he repacked his burden and continued the rest of the way. The entire round trip took 23 minutes. Once safely back on American soil, he immediately announced a series of encore performances, each more daring than the last. Now, over several weeks, Blondin walked backward, blindfolded, backflipped, pushed a wheelbarrow, and even cooked an omelet during one of the many trips across the rope. 
He had faith he could accomplish these feats, but he also trusted his abilities to complete them. The spectators, on the other hand, only had faith. A different scene in Blondin's daring walk in August 1859. After he crossed to the Canadian side, the crowd was horrified as Blondin reappeared on the rope with his manager. Harry Colcord clinging to his back. A few guy ropes snapped during their transit, but Blondin never wavered and safely made the crossing. It was later reported that Blondin took his manager. Look up, Harry. You are no longer Colcord. You are Blondin. Until I clear this place, be a part of me, mind, body, and soul. If you sway, sway with me. Do not attempt to do any balancing yourself. Think about this. This just blew my mind when I, when I, when I read this. I was like, wow, isn't that what Jesus is asking us to do? He's saying, be a part of me. Sway with me if I sway. Stop if I stop. Whatever we need to do, because this is the difference between faith and trust. The spectators had faith in Blondin and believed in his abilities, but only Colcord trusted him enough to climb on his back and allow him to carry him across. Is your trust in the Lord like that? Do you truly trust him? Do you, do you trust him to provide and care for you and supply all your needs? Or do you place your trust in personal resources and efforts? Or in other people? Or things? Or things that you can control? So without the trust in the Lord, you'll never know the joy and confidence of all of it. He says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now it's very scary to consider some of the things in life that we need to do. And at least, you know, Blondin and Colcord, they were looking at what was going on. And they at least had a rope. See, many times for us in our lives, we don't even know where the rope is to hold on to. And we're feeling like, wow, if I fall here, my life will be over. And we have to be careful about those things. See, if we're trusting in God, we're trusting on God, then he's going to direct our paths, even if they don't make sense to us. But if we're only trusting ourselves then we're going to be in some pretty big danger because we don't know the entire way. We don't know all of what's happening in tomorrow or next year or 10 years from now. We have to learn to be trusting God and saying, these are the things that I can't see. These are the things I don't know. So I need to trust in God so I can do the day that I'm in and do that day well. See, imagine if Colcord you know, his, his manager, was worrying about the next show they were going to do so that he wasn't even present with Blondin while he was doing all these different things. So we want to keep our mind and our heart, our soul, focused on God and to really consider what are the areas in your life that, you, that are hard for you to trust God for? Is it the future? Is it your health? Is it your kids' finances? You know, is it your friends? How about your calling? You see, I had to really contend with that with God because I know there was a calling and is a calling on my life. But guess what? It wasn't the one that I planned on. 
and if you've heard this show any time, you know that I really started out as, as I was going to be a Christian rock star. That was really my deal, and I was in my 20s, and, and I have a three-octave range, and I play piano, and all these things that just seemed like this perfect fit. See, I was in all these different rock bands that were not Christian, that's for sure. And so when I got into a Christian rock band, I thought, now, oh, this is what God wanted me to do. No. <laughs> I am many have gone over many years asking God why he gave me that talent when I'm not using it. And he's never answered me. And so I have to remind myself, what are the places that are hard for me to trust God in? Because what seems natural to me what seems obvious and logical to me doesn't usually have the stamp of God on it. See, what we want, we want our future, we want our health, we want our kids' finances to be okay, we want our friends to be okay, our job. We want to make sure that we're forgiven and that we will absolutely be loved or wanted or competent. See, it's really in God's hands. It is the trust issue that we want to really work on. Trust in the idea of who God is, not in the circumstances. You know a lot about God. We have so much information about God. Many of us have grown up with Sunday schools and vacation Bible school, and so we know a lot of information. But do we actually trust in the idea of who God is and really let him be God in our life and give him the honor of our trust? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about our trustworthy God. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and really appreciate that you listen to this and that you pass it along to your friends and family and encourage them to listen to the shows as well. And so we are talking today about trust. And have you said to someone before, you know, don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? Do you trust me? And many times we might say yes, but we don't, we're really maybe saying a lie. Like, yeah, I want to trust you, but I don't know if I really do. But maybe we don't want to say that out loud. And so I want you to think about these verses that I pulled out. And this is Proverbs um, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. And it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. And don't assume that you know it all. And how about this? This is Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. As he has said, will he not do it? Or as he's spoken, will he not make it good? See, trust is a word. This is me. Trust is a word that I understand until I actually have to do it. See, it doesn't feel like a heavy word until I actually have to carry it. And so what God is trying to say to me is, why are you carrying that burden of trust? What I want you to do is expand the way that you're thinking and say, why can't I trust God? Has he ever let me down? And truly, see, the, the, the repentance that I've done with this and, and understanding more the fear of God is how dare I not trust him? 
right? How can I be that, oh my gosh, like disrespectful, that Jesus is doing everything. God is doing everything. His Holy Spirit is working day and night. And we're saying, yeah, I don't know if I really can trust him or not. Because, you know, the guy that I liked kind of, you know, broke up with me and I really thought he was the one. So I want you to think about that. We all have those circumstances that we're sure are going to happen and then they don't. And so what I want you to think about is instead of trusting in your idea, okay, this is super important. We all have these ideas of how things should be. So instead of trusting my idea first, I want to tell God my idea. And, I, and this has worked very well for me and a lot of the clients that I work with. That when I tell God what I want, when I tell God what I think should be happening, I tell God, hey, I think I have a good idea. I'd like you to be in it, okay? Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's not. But what I have learned is if he is not in my idea, it's because it's not good for me. Maybe it was a great idea in my own mind, but it's not really going to be able to manage And so I have to be able to say, okay, if God wanted that to happen through me, nothing stops him. Nothing stops him. So we were talking in the earliest part of the show about this guy named Blondin and who he really is and that he is this amazing, like, tightrope walker. And he was doing all these stunts, and it was wowing people. And the thing that we have come to find in the story is there was a vast difference between faith and trust. And the story of Charles Blondin and his, you know, trainer, whatever, Harry uh, Colcord, helps us with that illustration. See, Blondin was the foremost tightrope walker of his time. He gained worldwide fame in 1859 as the first person to cross the Niagara Falls. 1,300 feet long, two inches in diameter was the rope that he walked on. And it was wound around an oak tree on the American side while the other end was ferried across the Niagara River and secured secured to a Canadian rock. So to limit the swaying, Colcord had had stabilizing guy ropes that were fixed at 20 feet intervals, except for 50 unreachable feet in the center of his walk across the Niagara Falls Lake River. I mean, this is crazy. When I read this, I mean, and this is like 1900s, 1800s. And so he did take a rest, and then he started back again. But this time, he was holding a box camera on his back. And balancing precariously near the middle, Blondin carefully set up the camera and snapped a bunch of pictures of the crowd. I mean, that's hilarious. This guy is bold, right? So over several weeks, he walked backward, blindfolded, backflipped, pushed a wheelbarrow, even cooked an omelet during one of the many trips across the rope. He had faith he could accomplish these feats, but he also trusted his abilities to complete them. So this is what God is wanting to give us. He's wanting to give us faith in him and trust in our own abilities. He's doing this for a reason. It isn't just happenstance. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about this amazing, trustworthy God that we have. I hear the 
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me and listening. And I want you to take advantage of the website as well. And you can, you know, even send the, some of the shows to your friends and family and encourage them to listen to them as well. And so today we are talking about this concept of do you trust me? And, you know, trust is that really beautiful, wonderful thing until it doesn't work, right? And so I came across this story many years ago, and I love this story about this tightrope walker. And what I want to say to you is I've worked hard on trust, and I made this little saying for myself, and it says that trust is a word I understand until I actually have to do it. So it doesn't feel like a heavy word until I actually have to carry it. So that means my trust always needs to start and stop with God, not with me. I need to remember that I can't trust me like I can trust God. God is trustworthy, always. I am not. So I trust in God as he is making me into a more trustworthy person. Now, Warren Buffett had this statement. He says it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. And Ernest Hemingway says this, the best way to find out if you can trust someone is to trust them. How about this, Ronald Reagan? He says, trust but verify. How about this? This is uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, wise men put their trust in ideas and not in circumstances. Mature enough to allow for time because time always tells. So a wise man puts his trust firstly in God, then in people because humans are always a risk. So when we're thinking about faith versus trust, we have to remind ourselves that having faith in God doesn't do anything if we don't trust him. See, faith is a noun. So it's something that you have or possess. It's a substance or evidence of things that are hoped for, maybe aren't seen. So faith in God is a confident belief that he is the sovereign creator of all things, that he can and will do what he claims, Trust, on the other hand, is a verb. It's something you do or act upon. So faith always comes first. But trust is never guaranteed. See, being a trustworthy person is a willful choice. It's a deliberate action. And it can only grow out of our faith. So there's a vast difference between faith and trust. And this is how, in the last couple segments, we've been talking about this tightrope walker called Charles Blondin. And his, you know, the person that represents him is Harry Colcord. And Blondin was the foremost tightrope walker of his time. And this was in 1859. He's the first person to cross Niagara Falls. I mean, this is crazy. It's 1,300 feet long and two inches in diameter. And you know the things he did? He, like, you know, uh, made an omelet as he was on that rope over the Niagara Falls River. He um, did somersaults. He raced. He took pictures of the crowd from, from the tightrope walk. I mean, this is, this is amazing. So when you think about this, he even walked backwards. He walked backward blindfolded and backflipped and even pushed a wheelbarrow. This is crazy. Well, this is what faith is about. A lot of that faith was in his abilities. Now, he didn't just get up there that day and think that he could do it. He's been practicing a lifetime for many of these stunts. So what we want to think about is God is a God we can trust always. I am a person 
I cannot always be trusted. Now I'm more trustworthy than most because I work at it. It's an important value to me to be trustworthy to people that depend on me, that listen to me, that are wanting help from me. It's a very important concept for me to be trustworthy. And if I mess up, I'm going to fix it. And so when you think about this idea of trust, this is where we want to think about the difference between faith and trust. See, spectators had faith in Blondin and believed in his abilities. But only his, you know, his friend, the one that represented him, Colcord, trusted him enough to climb on his back and allow him to carry him across Niagara Falls. So is your trust in the Lord like that? Do you really trust him to provide care for you and supply all your needs? Or do you place your trust in personal resources and efforts? Or in people or things, you know, thinking that you can control these things. Because of what you want to think about, without trust in the Lord, this is Proverbs 3, 5, you will never know the joy and confidence of actually doing your life. So in all your ways, we're to acknowledge him, and he directs our paths. So when we get to know our trustworthy God, I want you to think about this. See, there are some areas in your life that are hard to trust God for. Maybe it's your future, your health, your kids, maybe finances, maybe friends. How about your job or your calling or, or, or even knowing if you're forgiven or not, wondering if you'll ever be loved the way you need to be or want to be. How about not feeling competent? So what are the areas for you that really need to be put in God's hands? Because it is a trust issue. See, what did Emerson tell us? Trust in the idea not in the circumstances. And so when we think about I'm trusting in my idea, that does not mean I'm going to be a lunatic and, and be unwilling to, to walk away because it didn't work. But I need to have trust and faith. And so when you think about trust and faith, our worthy God is so trustworthy. See, we're told that there are 31,174 verses in the Bible. And that Psalms 118, verses 8, the verse 8, is the, in the middle verse, which reads, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now, that's an important statement. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. We know that the dividing of the Bible into verses was made by translators. But at the same time, it's interesting and it's instructive that God's absolute trustworthiness should be mentioned in that verse. See, throughout the whole Old Old Testament, we're reminded of the fact that God can be trusted at all times and in all circumstances. These verses I want you to look up. I want you to memorize these. See, what I, what I have done and continue to do way back when I was in college, I took little note cards and I wrote all the different Bible verses. And then as I was exercising or taking a big walk, I would practice these, these verses. And they're still in my mind today. And they help me still today. See, in the Old Testament, there are no less than 76 references to trusting God. And in the New Testament, the word faith is used as an equivalent to the Old Testament use of trust. Faith and trust. If I trust God, I have faith in him. I have confidence in him. I'm sure about him. I'm willing to lean on him. I can depend on him. I can take refuge in him. It implies a firm belief in the reliability 
the honesty, the strength, and the ability of a person or a thing. So we would much rather put that faith in God than things. So think for a moment how hard it would be to get through a single day without exercising trust, right? Trust runs through the whole fabric of living. See, let's see some examples in our business dealings, in going to the doctor, in boarding a plane, in banking, using an elevator. How about, think about this, how much we trust and don't really even acknowledge it and we take it for granted, the amount of things we can trust. But when God is saying, trust me, I'm your father. I'm the creator of you. I know you to the inmost parts of your being. Why would you trust in mortal man more than me? See, God is totally trustworthy, but men are not. And so when you think about King David, he's been betrayed by men that he trusted. Absalom, Saul, and and it was probable that we all have disappointed, you know, we've been disappointed by people in our own lives. But you want to think about God is almighty. He is not limited. But the best thing to always remind yourself of, no matter what you know God can do, would do, could do, should do, always does, I want you to remember that God is totally trustworthy. You can trust him with everything. You can trust your sins, your ideas, your wants, your fears, all the things that you struggle with, you can trust him with. He will not refuse you. See, God is good. Mortal men are selfish, right? And don't get too upset about selfish people. You have to remember that that's kind of a quality that God put into us because if we didn't have enough selfishness, we, a lot of times we'd be dead. So we just have to learn selfishness in a healthier, more like hopeful way. So think about man's help is limited to this life, but God's help extends into eternity. Men cannot meet the most important needs of the human heart, but God can reach into the deepest recesses of our hearts, removing guilt and bringing peace. God invites us to put our trust in him. So I want you to think about these verses and the teachings of the Old Testament and the New Testament, that God wants us to learn to trust him at all times, in all places and in all circumstances. Americans love pets, right? How many people? We have pets all the time. We love our children. So think about how you feel about your pets and your children and magnify that by like a thousand times. That's how God feels about you. And so Psalms 40 verse 4 says, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. And Psalms 2.12 says, Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Proverbs 16.20 says, Whose trust is in the Lord, happy he will be. And I love this one, Psalms 5.11. It says, But let all those who put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. That's God. In Psalms 34.22, it says, None of them that trust in him shall be condemned or desolate. God will never turn you away regardless of what you do, what you think, what, you, what your past looks like, what you're supposed to do, should do, could do, would do, all of those. I love this one. Psalms 56.3 says, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. 
And Proverbs 29, 25 says, Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. This is important that we really focus on and are able to give this to others as well. So you see, I have many people that trust me. I'm just still a person. But the reason they continue to trust me, even if I mess up, is because I own it. And I know I'm a mortal person. (laughs) And so I will fix it. I will undo it. I will do whatever needs to be done in order to have their trust back. And this is where you, see, you can seem to be a trustworthy person. Because if I'm willing to do anything to fix it, that means I'm a trustworthy person. Not a perfect person, but a trustworthy person. So I want you to ask yourself, can I trust the world? No, right? We can trust part of it. We can trust some of it. And you know what we can really do? The more we honor God, the more our faith is in God, the more trustworthy we will be. And if we can work on being trustworthy people, as a people group, we can change the world. And we can do that with God's help, his direction, and his guidance. I'm so glad you joined me today. And I want you to practice really exercising your trust muscle. So have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-